I know a lot of people that smile in my face, but talk behind my back every time I'm gone. So when they call my number, I'll never pick up. I don't know you shit, bitch. Leave me alone. I'm going back. Some Monday. 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 Many niggas, not enough hoes And some of you niggas, acting like hoes Stay to myself like Lola do Yeah, I'm by myself, I'm not in a mood To apologize or be fake with you We apologize if you ever knew Too many niggas, and not enough hoes And most of you niggas, acting like hoes Everything I do is to alumni I'ma take my time, I'ma master it You should be mindful of a mastermind But I let mine right for your mama left Blow up, hold up, I ain't seen your kind before See me as a dollar sign Tell Arizona, you report that I done you wrong And I'm leaning on my whole levels Nigga, right now is now and never Nigga, right now I'm highest What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am your host, the captain, the leader, the legend, your homie, Christian, bringing to you all things you see and hear, All-American Chelsea. What's going on, everyone? What's going on? It is Saturday, August 25th. Wolves are beating Manchester City 1-0. It is the 61st minute. I, I, uh, I'm telling you, people, I am not afraid of Manchester City. I am not afraid of Manchester City. I'm not saying well, we're going to win the title, but why, why do we have to be afraid of Manchester City? I can't wait to play them December 7th. I cannot wait. So what's going on, everyone? This is a little bit of a special show, a little bit of a, of a milestone, uh, the first of many milestones, but the most, the second most significant milestone in the All-American Chelsea podcast. This is the 10th episode, and um, it's been like these last 10 episodes uh, have been a learning experience for me, um, but it's also like been humbling you know all the response that i've been getting on twitter uh my numbers i mean not to get a little bit geek and that is my son in the background i'm recording this little bit of an intro before his uh birthday party we have to get out of here soon to get to the park to record i mean uh for his birthday party but it's always something on this show it's always something but uh this these last 10 episodes um it's taught me a lot and 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 i can't thank you guys enough for everybody that's been reaching out uh for everybody that's been supporting listening to the podcast leaving reviews um i I can't thank you guys enough i never imagined uh getting the love and and like the feedback that i've been getting on the podcast so it's only up from here, my friends. It's only up here, up from here, my family. You know, 10 episodes in this is the first 10 of many. So, I started the episode uh, with spiteful chant, Kendrick Lamar. I, I always pick, like, I always pick songs based off of the vibe, like, that I'm currently feeling. So, 
I've changed. I, I've told you guys before that I've recorded this part of the podcast. I always record it after the interview or whatever the content that I'm bringing you for the podcast. So I've had I I've had songs already lined up and ready to go for the podcast, and I listen back to the podcast or. Um, it's just I changed the songs currently in the mood, and I woke up this morning feeling spiteful, eh, eh, like uh, feeling feeling just like disrespectful. Uh, that was the vibe that I woke up with this morning, and and, and truth be told, is one of those songs that if I was in the UFC, is like one of the songs I've picked that definitely would be a walkout song for me. Episode one hundred though is that's the episode that i'm gonna bring you guys the walkout song if i was in the ufc it would be my walkout song 100 percent uh no matter what it would be the walkout song so this weekend we have newcastle at st james's park uh tomorrow the 26th on my son's birthday so i'm hoping that um usually on my birthday i get whatever sports team i follow there's like i've done the math we've got like a 50 to 60 percent chance of winning it's closer to 60 percent and there's the microwave wake up in the morning chocolate milk for the little boy so we always have a for my birthday is like 50 56 to 60 percent chance of winning which is in november my birthday uh so hopefully hopefully for my son's birthday, we uh, we secure the three points at St. James's Park. And in this conversation with Kyle, I, I bring up a stat that surprised the hell out of me. Um, and you'll hear it in the podcast. It's like how many times we've won over there in the last 10 years. It's crazy when, once you hear that number. So uh, without further delay, I'm going to bring you the episode or my sit down with kyle from newcastle fan tv uh big shout out to kyle uh he i sent out an email to him hey can you come on to the to the podcast and i explained to him everything and within a few minutes he responded to me right away said yo i'd love to come on so big shout out to him and here we are the 10th episode of the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I'll get back to you guys at the end of the sit-down. Later. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing on the line my man Kyle from Newcastle Fan TV. Uh, Kyle, talk to me. Talk to me about um, how you started in YouTube. Um, Basically, I just I started. I'm, I'm a Facebook admin for... For, for Lee, Lola, Newcastle fans TV, um, and I started appearing on on videos regularly, and now I'm like, now I'm like one of the main faces of the channel on, uh, beside Lee. Lee's the main man, but I'm like I'm someone that helps him as much as I can. The right hand man, Kyle, that's awesome. That's awesome, my friend. Um, I I, I basically I brought you on because uh, Chelsea is going to be playing Newcastle on Sunday, and Kyle, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Before I really started thinking about the game. I'm like, man, like after your your performance against Cardiff on what was it last Sunday? Last Sunday? Yeah. Last, last Sunday. L- last Saturday. Last Saturday. Um, 
I was like, we're gonna it's win. early kickoff on the Saturday. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it was the first game, seven thirty, my time. So I'm like, bro, we 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 are especially after our performance against Arsenal. I'm like, we're we're winning the league. We're walking the league this season. There's nobody that's gonna stop us. And I I, I really started thinking about it. And Newcastle is a team that it constantly gives Chelsea problems. It's it's never, it's always, it, Newcastle is always a team that I always felt like punched way above their weight. Always, always, it's always against us. Going back to the, I always say that there's three keepers that I never want to face. Jordan Pickford, Jack Butlin, and Tim Kroll. I always felt like Kroll, every single time we played against Newcastle, that this guy turned into the world's greatest keeper the moment every he would circle the schedule and see Chelsea, he's like, "All right, that's the day I'm gonna turn up. That's the day I turn up." <laughs> like I always felt like that. So going into this weekend, I, 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 I'm still confident, but I'm like, "This is Newcastle. They always come to play against us." I mean, hell, what was it yeah. back in May? We're in we're in August, the end of August, the 25th. Back in May, yeah. you guys whipped our ass 3-0 to end the season. Yeah. So I so it's, I had to really pause to think, like, why am I being so cocky? This, this team constantly kicks, gives us problems, beats us, yeah. draws against us, but it's never a cakewalk. Especially at St. James's Park. like over, like exactly. Even over the past couple of seasons, we, we give Chelsea loads of problems at St. James's Park. The one the last time we played is we'll beat, we'll beat us 3-0. And I can name a couple of times where we've beat you three two. The one game when we just sort of decided to turn up as a Newcastle player. Um, two one where Remy scored. Remy scored like a last minute winner. Like up like at St James's Park. Chelsea don't get results very often. It's usually at Stamford Bridge. You hammer with. Yeah. No. 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 And and I. Shit, Kyle. I still have nightmares of the Papi Cisse goal against us where he kicked it it seems like he was in he was in the stands he kicked it and the ball went up around did a loop-de-loop and into the top corner i still have <laughs> nightmares about that goal my man i was speechless when that went in because we're hanging on hanging on for dr life on a on a one nil on a one nil and sure um chested down for Fabi Sissi and he hit it with the outside of the foot pass check. I couldn't believe it when it went in. It was an important three points as well because it put were above you in the league at the time. Yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I mean, when that goal went in, and for anybody who's listening to this, if you guys haven't seen that goal, I, okay, I, I, I may be speaking with slight hyperbole here. I might be hyping up the goal just a tad bit much, but seriously, no bullshit. Papi Cisse was on the left side of, 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 of the pitch. Kyle, and stop me when I'm wrong. He hit it with the outside of his boot. Yeah, you, he did. Uh, you, you, you thought it was, I mean, the way that he hit it, it was like, okay, he's crossing it in the box. Bullshit. It went up, caught the wind, and, and, and went into the top, into the left-hand side of the goal in the top. I, I don't know. Yeah. It was a freak of nature. One of those freak of nature, one in a million goals. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, after that goal, Papi Sissi didn't really do much for Newcastle. Like, so it's what it's it's a, one of the things that I'd be remembered for as a number nine. But <laughs> um, the the few seasons afterwards, what Sissi said, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, no, no. And then and then another player, another player that always always used to turn up against us, uh, Ben Arfa. This dude, every single time he would get the ball, uh, he's playing against us. 
I would always feel like, okay, here we go. This is a goal. He's going to take the ball. You know, he's going to go from one end of the pitch yeah. to the other, and it's a goal. Like, I always w- was was worried with this guy having the ball. Always, always. So, I, I had to pause. I-, I swear to you. I swear to you. If you would have asked me during the Arsenal game, I said, we're walk. I think I tweeted it out. We're walking the league. That's it. We're champions. We're- As of today, I've seen all I needed to see. We're champions. We're winning every single game. Then, I'm like... Psh- especially look at what Newcastle against Cardiff this morning against Cardiff this morning. I was like, there's no way we're going to lose. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, hold on back in May, we lost three zero at Stamford bridge at Stamford bridge. No, it's in James's. No, it's at St. James's Park to end the season. It was like, we just lost three zero. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the, the, uh, the results right here. September 2015 in our in our forgettable season we drew against you guys 2-2. So in our champ even in our in the season when we won the league we lost against you guys 2-1. So and then Yeah, we, I'm trying to remember that I was there. It's cracking game. So I mean this game is not I I I want to believe that this game is going to be simple. It's not going to be simple. I, I already know that it's not going to be simple. Newcastle something about Newcastle going to St James's Park every game is difficult. Yeah, especially St. James's because Newcastle is very new, unique. It's got it, We've got a fantastic atmosphere and every time Chelsea go up here, you just never have it easy because the atmosphere, you, they, they get on top of you um, and it, it's very much a fortress up here. And, and Chelsea are one of, the, one of the many teams I feel that when they come up here. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. It, and it's also a shame on what's happened. Well, Kyle, fill me in on what's happening with the Mike Ashley, uh, uh, with with the whole situation. One second he's selling, he wants to sell the team before Christmas last year, but, but now he's still here. He's he's still the owner. So fill me in on that. But I think, I think he's just it's just a massive PR stunt by the club. To be honest, I'll buy him because he's saying he wants to get rid of the club. And then at the end of last season, when Newcastle finished tenth after the Chelsea game, he immediately raises the uh, price tag of the club up to four hundred million. And and for me, if if you're an owner want to sell a club, you don't up 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 the price tag of a football club by a hundred million because they finished tenth. Yeah, no. And he thinks, and he believes that it was down to the like it it was down to the investment he made into the club. But in reality, Newcastle were very lucky to finish tenth. It was a miracle because it was a there was a massive scrap of teams, uh, a good 11, 12 teams that were within seven points of each other with eight games to go. Newcastle were very fortunate to finish 10th and it was because of the work of Rafa Benitez and the belief that he's got in the players and everything like that with a United City squad and manager all together as one rallying behind to get to finish 10th. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, for any of the listeners that are not that are not uh, uh, familiar with the situation. So Newcastle's manager is Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez used to be the Liverpool manager. And during his time as manager of Liverpool, Rafa Benitez used to, uh, he spoke out a bunch of times against the fans of Chelsea Football Club and against the club itself. Um, Fast forward, I mean, Kyle, when was it? Like uh, two years later, if that? Three years later, something along those lines. Rafa Benitez finds himself in a situation as manager of Chelsea Football Club. Yeah. Uh, during the season when we won the Europa League, um, I, 
I've always I've always carried a, a little bit of an axe, a, a little bit of a chip um, against Rafa Benitez for his um, his words as manager when he was um, as manager for Liverpool. But right. to be fair, I mean, shit, he he won us the Europa League. Um, yeah, he was. I thought he was really good at Chelsea. He got a lot of. I thought he got a lot of unwarranted stick when he was Chelsea manager, and I felt sorry for him because he did he did so well. He won you see the Europa League. He he saved your season that season, and yeah. then he got he got and he did that well, getting a load of stick off the fans, banners every week saying Rafa want you to leave, and uh, fat Spanish waiter the whole yeah. the whole um, the whole whack, and he still did a really good job. Whereas he's got like an opposite effect here at Newcastle, where a lot of people, a lot of Newcastle fans, including myself. Worship the ground he walks on because he's he's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, shit. We're talking about a manager that was leading Real Madrid. Uh, they let him go. Then he comes to you guys uh, at the end of the season. What well, he he managed you guys for five games. What was it? Uh, I think it was I think it was seven or eight. Looking to keep winning the league. Yeah, and to save your season. Were, were already were already gone by the time he came in. Were, like he, he took what he took with the second last day where where we got where we eventually got relegated but it's the it's the fact that he stayed um he built he built his own squad in the championship and he bought what and he bought was straight back up in what is a hard league like he goes to teams like um like Sutton last season who got relegated from the championship and even Stoke now having a really hard start in the championship so it just proves how hard that division really is. It's it's a really hard league. And Newcastle managed, despite a few shortcomings and not getting enough investment in the transfer market and all the bones on with my gosh and everything, we still managed to get promoted and still managed to get friendly. And yeah. then Rafa stayed on and we'll, we'll go on and have a, have a great season and finish 10th. Absolutely. I, I mean, again, I, I, I don't, I feel like eventually I got to let it go against Rafa because he has shown to be a stand up guy. I mean, he, he went from Real Madrid to the championship to the championship yeah. like when he didn't have to he 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 came in eight games into the, into your season and he stayed yeah. after he could have left easily after after the oh, the oh, end of the yeah, Premier yeah. league he's he's a top manager i mean you don't coach, yeah. you don't you, you don't fall out of bed and coach real madrid i'm sorry um no you and he did. And he that. just deserved to be Real Madrid as well. A lot of Real Madrid fans were skeptical when he first went in, but he deserved to be on there. Like, deserved to be at that job on pedigree. Like he won, he's won everywhere he's been at. Like he, he, he's a top top manager in Newcastle. As much as Mike Ashley likes to think he's retained a top manager and things like, we're lucky to have Benitez. I just think it's because of the love of the fans and the club and the potential that Newcastle United has is the reason he's still here. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Kyle, talk to me. Um, we're looking for three in a row. I, you guys are looking for your first points of the season, no? No, I'm sorry. Uh, you got you have one point from last week's yeah, draw. Yeah, one point so far from Cardiff. Uh, but we're looking for our first win of the season. Yeah, you're looking for your first win of the season, first three points of the season. How are you feeling? Um, what what what's What's your perspective on this game, and and what are you guys looking at to realistically to happen in this game? Well, uh, um, going into the game, like uh, be, be, it's been very mixed for Newcastle because against Spurs, were very good and were really 
were really unlucky not to get anything against Spurs, and I think losing two 0 was a very a very unfair assessment of, of an unfair result of the assessment of the game because Newcastle hit the hit the bar and post in the game, and we scored and we caused Spurs a lot of problems. Whereas on the flip side, you look at Cardiff, and were very poor. Go into that, and we didn't really improve until we went down to ten men, ironically. And um, when they pushed them, like Cardiff pushed us left left back and right back forward. And we managed to counter-attack and get a penalty in the last minute, which uh, Kennedy, who you know all about being yeah. on loan from Chelsea, of course, missed in the in the last minute. How the but hell did he miss that? Uh, going into the game against Chelsea, the the like the fans up here are fairly confident because one will have a good run against against Chelsea, and two, any game that Newcastle played home, there is a, there is a certain confidence because up here it it is it it's a like St James's Park is an absolute fortress, and I'm one of them that I sing me heart out all game, and and make sure it's the hardest place possible for an opposition team to come and play football. I I have to say, um, there's a lot of teams in the Premier League, and there's a, there's a lot of places, uh, you you know, the most famous places that uh that fans around the world may recognize. Um, and want to travel to, but St. James's Park is definitely a spot that for me personally, I don't know what it is. I, I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but it seems like a place that I would love to catch a match at. I would love to catch a match over there. It just seems like the environment, like, like it, 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 I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's just something about it. It definitely translates. Keep, I will say this, keep, doing what you're doing over there and to all the Newcastle fans keep doing what you're doing because your atmosphere for sure for sure translates all 4000 and something miles across the you know the Atlantic and, yeah. and 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 into television because I you could feel it you could feel the energy in the crowd yeah well that's that's what that, you can feel it even more so at the ground um <laughs> like all like 50 all, all 52,000 Geordies that they, they live they breathe Newcastle United like they get through a hard week at work and then and then the weekend comes up and a weekend a, a mood of a weekend can de, can be defined by Newcastle's result like it's it, it's just a religion at Newcastle and I, I'm the same. I live and breathe Newcastle. Now I wouldn't have it any other way. Talk, talk to me. Just, you touched on it real quick. Like, like, talk to me. What it's is it like? Like, I, I've never. I mean, of of course, my exposure to Newcastle, um, the town of uh, the town of Newcastle. No, I'm, I mean, I'm saying that correctly. Correct. Uh, it's uh, well. It's more. It's a city, Newcastle. Not not the, the not much of, for that. Not yeah. Town. Yeah, but. Um, it's it's just a it's a it's a working class city in Newcastle. United is very much like a, a centerpiece around like the, the stadium itself is in the middle of the city centre, and you, you can just tell like you can just tell the the city when you when you come into it just oozes football yeah. and the people around like you'll go down the main the main street and like next Eldon Square and the, there's blokes selling Newcastle scarves there's loads of people wearing black and white tops it's just it's just a it's just a city that oozes football and football is a religion up here and it's it's brilliant yeah no I I I, I, I love it I I admire um I admire that that 
that passion, you know, for the for the team. And and also, oh. uh, and and Kyle, do me a favor. Just just I have a fun question to ask you. Just real fun. You don't have to get into it too 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 uh too deeply. What do you feel about Sunderland? How, you think they're a good club? You think they're a, a top flight, excellent club? Or you know, what are your words? I don't want to put any words in your mouth. How do you feel about Sunderland? About Sunderland. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I can't stand Sunderland. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't. I can't. I hate every. Like, I hate everything about them. I hate. I hate the club. I hate the colours. I hate the stadium. I just. I just hate Sunderland. Like in every way, I love Newcastle United. I hate Sunderland, and a lot of Geordies are exactly the same. Like. Watching like like watching them and their predicament at the minute was satisfying, but I will say on the side of that as well, I have a lot of respect for their supporters. The reason for that is like they've been like they don't they don't deserve like what they had with Ellis Short, the previous owner, because before before him they were still bringing in quite big crowds in things like that and then getting behind their team like Newcastle do. And uh, like their away support is fantastic as well. I mean, I can I can laugh at Sunderland all all I, all I want with like the two relegations in a row and everything like that. And I will continue to do so. Don't get us wrong. But I will say I do have a lot of respect for their fans because even like despite all the rivalry and things like that, there's like been a, there's been two instances where both sets of fans have really united over the past few years in recent memory. Is when the two lads died on on the plane crash. Yes. Um, and the the little lad Bradley yeah, Lowry, they both united in in that and, and raised raised a lot of money for them, but for both causes. Yeah, no, no, no. I do remember uh, that little boy, and especially being a father, that that situation touched home and on what yeah. Sunderland the, the club did because they were still in the Premier League when when uh, when he was yeah, going through his yeah, treatment. Yeah. Uh, that that you that that was just class. That was just class. Um, yeah. And I do remember, uh, I don't know when the two uh, supporters passed away for Sunderland happened, but I do remember watching uh, um, a match and Chelsea, I, I'm almost positive Chelsea was playing, and they did a, a moment, not a moment of silence, a moment of celebration uh, for them. And I was like, you know, that's awesome. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. However, damn, I, it's... It, I know, I know you don't mind, but that's gotta be a bit. It's gotta be very difficult to be a supporter of Sunderland, and, and and a lot of people run their mouth and talk shit and say that they'll stand by their club no matter what, whether it's winning Champions League or relegated to Sunday League football. But I mean, Sunderland right now is going through it, and that's that can't be fun. That can't be fun. No, but they are, they are back on the up again. They've got new owners and that, and they're doing really well in League One. Uh, they, they beat Gillingham the other night four one away from home uh, on a on a on a Wednesday night, uh, and and they still feel like the away fans still sold out the allocation despite it being on a Wednesday. I mean, yeah. that's brilliant. That I, I mean, as much as I hate Sunderland <laughs> and I, I don't want to win games, the the fans that made the six hundred mile round trip to Gillingham to walk and watch a team in the third tier of English football. Absolutely outstanding because they're sold out. Yeah, yeah, it's, it must be trying out. I mean, shit, I, I don't even want to think about that. So, talk to me. What was your 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 summer signings? I I saw 
I saw that you guys sold Mitrovic to Fulham, yeah. correct? And then yeah. you guys, who 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 did you, who did you guys bring in? What were your summer transfers like? Well, this summer window, did, talk to me. How did you? Like, was it a, well, po- a positive window? And is there anybody that you guys signed that I have to be or we have to be worried about Sunday morning? Well, Newcastle brought in seven players over the summer, but there is like over the. To summarise the transfer window, we did okay, but there is a massive underwhelmment because because of Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley didn't, and we didn't really invest. Whereas like your Fulhams, your Wolves, and teams they are invested heavily in, in into the squad, invest in the team, and that was and that was a major problem. They were brought in some solid players. They were brought in, brought in Kennedy from Hughes. We yeah. brought in Stephen Key. From from Swansea, we brought in uh, Mutu from from Mainz, I think it is in Germany. Who is a solid player, from what I've been told, and we've we've, like, we've made some solid additions to our squad. But there is there is just that feeling amongst Newcastle fans that we sold Mitrovic. We had like we were told over the whole summer that it was a sell to buy kind of transfer policy, and Rafa Benitez still had still had twenty odd million in the bank, and he wasn't allowed to spend it from uh, Mike Ashley. Which was the problem because Newcastle could have really made a statement with with like one or two really good signings, but Mike Ashley just wouldn't give the green light and wouldn't let wouldn't let us sign like a quality player to take Newcastle to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Damn, that sounds like a like sounds like a spot because I, I um yes, Rafa Benitez coached us, managed us, but when he did, it was it was understood that. It was a temporary thing. He was never going to be. Oh yeah, it's uh, an interim thing. Yeah, the end of it, the was, season. it was just an interim thing. He took over after Roberto Di Matteo, and yeah. and it was just temporary. But somebody that speaks highly of him, that uh, us American fans are very aware of, is DeAndre Yedlin. And DeAndre Yedlin, at least when he's on uh, American television and speaking uh, when he's at the United States men's national team. He speaks highly of Rafa Benitez, highly, highly, highly. So it's kind of funny. You have an owner that has, I mean, to describe Rafa Benitez as anything other than the luckiest, like how you couldn't be luckier to have a situation line up and all the stars align to get a, the caliber of manager that Rafa Benitez is. And you don't back him fully. That sounds yeah. That sounds a little. It, 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 it is a huge disappointment, like um, like because he backed Steve McLaren to uh, three seasons ago when we're in the Premier League. He gives he gives Steve McLaren eighty five million, and we went on to get relegated because he, he he give he give that kind of money to a to a fool. Yeah. He give it a he give it to Steve McLaren, <laughs> and and we're managing director Leach. Well. Someone that's in the in the background in the on the board in Newcastle United, Lee Charnley, he's an absolute buffoon as well. So to give <laughs> eight, that, that that amount of money to two idiots is it's no surprise that Newcastle eventually went on to get relegated. It's just a shame that he won't give the same type of money to Rafa Benitez because Benitez, with lower standard of players, has done has done brilliant things with them. Like for example, he's made he's he's made very very poor players fantastic in his system like um, Moji Army like before when he signed for Newcastle he didn't start December last year 
he's really became a resurgence and he's like, really kicked on and he's became and he's became like a mainstay in the Newcastle first team. Like he's really kicked on under Benitez. He's just one of many examples I could go across. Oh, hmm. Uh, see, I'm thinking about this game now, and I'm not. The more you keep talking, and I see, and I'm starting to put things together. The more I get nervous <laughs> for this this Sunday. It's always a problem going up to St. James Park. So, yeah. Is is DeAndre Yedlin gonna be healthy? I I, I saw at the end of uh, uh, he had an injury, no? Hello, Kyle? Did we lose you? Yellow. Hello. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it cut off after you said Yedlin, so I don't I have no idea what you said. I said De- DeAndre Yedlin had a, um had an injury uh, in the first game. Is he going to be yeah. back? Yeah, yeah, he should be back for for Chelsea. He's oh, been he's been in training. He only just missed out on the Cardiff game. Unfortunately, we could have done with him. Like, but uh, yeah, he's he'll be but he's fully fit for Chelsea. He's ready to go. I kind of I'm I'm hoping he plays well against Chelsea because Aiden Hazard running at him. He's going to need to have a brilliant game. Uh, that guy, DeAndre Yedlin, has a motor and a half on him. He has an engine and a half. Uh, he's gonna need it if Hazard is starting, which I, I have to, I have to see if um, if Sorry has done his uh, his pre-match uh, interview, and I have to see if he mentioned that if Hazard's starting. But okay. But I hopefully he is. Just gotta plug in my laptop here. Of course, there's always something on the podcast. There's always an interruption of something. So, all right. So Kyle, talk to me. What do you what, what what do you see happening? What are the tactics? How are you guys are gonna line up come this Sunday? Um, I, I see Newcastle lining up the way we usually do at home. We we. Usually, when we play a top six team away from home, we, we usually set up quite defensively, um, and like invite you on early on. Like that's what usually happens. But the last time we played Chelsea, as as you know, like Newcastle started really well, and we just we just got at Chelsea from the get go, and we really jump. put put us under pressure. Like so, I, I I'm actually unsure what he's going to go with because on one hand, like we're tack- like we really got it. It's the last time, and it pulled off really well. And we're, will put you to the sword but on the flip side like under a new manager and things like that we might be under the cosh early on so I think I think with what Rafa does with the team will depend on the first 20 minutes of the game if like if Chelsea if Chelsea can do what Tottenham did and score early on then it might force we like play out from the back a little bit more and try and, and try and force the issue a bit but if we can relax into the game I think we can build from there and get better and better as the game goes on because we'll beat we'll beat Arsenal, Man United, and guard draw against Liverpool at home last season from doing that similar thing by building ourselves into the game and and really pushing forward as the game goes on. Yeah, you guys got a tough team and 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 uh, man, I'm thinking of a, a John Joe Shelby. John Joe Shelby always turns up against us. Always turns up against us. Uh, hello. Hello? 
Hello. Uh, it, it's it's just went off again, but it's it's all right now. Yeah, no, I see. Yeah, I see it over here. It says poor connection, but I still have you. You sound perfectly fine. You literally sound like you're right next to me. So we'll keep we'll keep rolling till the wheels fall off, Kyle. You and I, we're gonna keep riding. So, all right. So it all comes down to twenty minutes. The first twenty minutes of the game. It all comes oh, down to the first yeah. 20 minutes. If we come out, if Chelsea comes out the same way that we came out against Arsenal, I think. I mean, but shit, look. We had an amazing first 20 minutes against Arsenal, and Arsenal came back and drew before yeah. before the half. So it's not like I can say that if we put you know one or two behind you uh, in the back of the net that the game's over with. I mean, history has said that Newcastle always plays us tight. It's never an easy game over there. It's never an easy game. No, it's, ne- it's never an easy game for Chelsea up here. Never. Um, I think I think he's only got one or two wins in your last ten up here. Yeah, they, it's I'm, a very hard place for Chelsea. I'm looking to at come it. up here. I'm looking at it now. So here we go. So May 2018, 3-0 Newcastle. Chelsea lost. St James Park, September. No, there's no way. Uh, yeah. Shit, look at that. I, huh? That doesn't make any sense. Okay, alright. So, September 2015, we drew 2-2. Uh, St. James Park, 2014, we lost 2-1. St. James yep. Park, November 2013, 2-0 loss. Uh, again, in the Premier League, February 2013. That doesn't make sense either. How's these dates? Whatever. If these dates are I correct. I think the last time you won up here was 2009. Shit, uh, I remember cause, uh, it because I think it was 2-0 to Chelsea. Let's That's find when out. he's had uh, Angela, a lot easier manager. Let's find out. So, 2018, loss. Next time we played, 2015. Because of just the way the schedule... It's not that we only played them... One, well, yeah, no, you guys got relegated. So, yeah, it makes sense. It's 2015, we drew... In September, December 2014, we lost. November 2013, we lost 2-0. February 2013, we lost 3-2. Uh, Newcastle, we won. December 11th, uh, December 2011, 3-0. Shit. And before that, we drew 2010. April, we won 2-0, so shit, I can go back almost 10 years, and we've only won yeah. once. Oh, my God. Now I'm really nervous. Now I'm really yeah. nervous. Oh, my St. God. St. James' Park is one of the bogey teams for Chelsea, um, or oh one of the bogey God. grounds for all that, but Chelsea do have a good team, and I'm, I'm worried of what they do have, because for some reason, Aiden Hazard, every time he plays against Newcastle, as well, so he's one of the worrying factors for me. Because he he is just he is a fantastic player. Yeah, no, I I um, I I get frustrated when I watch uh out on YouTube. I'm watching Sky Sports and they're talking about the greatest foreign players in the in in the Premier League, and they include Sergio Aguero, and I have no problem with including Sergio Aguero. And their their list was you know of players were was phenomenal. But it, um, uh, I crossed my fingers and I hope because I was screaming at the television, screaming at the television. They didn't even mention Eden Hazard as one of the best players to 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 be in the in the Premier League. They, they don't even mention him, 
And that drives me crazy. That drives me crazy. So I have a question for you. For Newcastle, okay, who is... Okay, so for us, we have a player, Pedro. Pedro is playing amazing right now. He's playing phenomenal. However, right. it feels like he's not. I don't. I don't know how the media is covering it um, over there, but over here, uh, through the media that I see on YouTube, I feel like he doesn't get mentioned. Who is Newcastle United's Pedro? A guy that's playing, he's on fire right now, but it's not getting any type of recognition. Mm, that's, a, that's a good uh, I'd say Kieran Clark, actually. Um, first two games of the season, Kieran Clark's been an absolute tank in defence for Newcastle. Like, um, nothing much has got past him. Against Spurs, he kept Harry Kane quiet. And then against Cardiff, uh, nothing got past him either. Because like, everyone usually talks about the cells is playing very well, but Kieran Clark has been absolutely outstanding. But he hasn't had the plaudits as maybe a John Joe Shelby has or anything like that. So I'd say Kieran Clark at the moment. Kieran Clark. So that's so that's somebody that we need to be worried about uh, turning up on Sunday. Now the next player I have for you, Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso. I am not a. I wouldn't say I'm not a fan of his. I'm a fan of every player, uh, period, unless they play for Tottenham. I'm a fan of all players. I, I don't, I don't, they don't, they don't, for me to sit here and criticize any player uh, for being able to do, to play in the, you know, being able to have the skill to play in the Premier League, no matter, yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit, to play in the championship, to play in League One, they're a lot better than I am. So for me to talk yeah. shit about them is crazy. Uh, unless they play for fucking Tottenham, then they can kiss my ass all each and every single one of them. But um, Marcus Alonso that plays for us, he last game against Arsenal, he scored our winning goal. Uh, he he scored against Tottenham last year. He always turns up in big games for us. But however, I feel like Emerson, who's on our bench, should be the one starting. So. Who is Newcastle's version of Marcus Alonso? A guy that turns up week in, week out, but yep, you you'd wish you had somebody else in his position. Eh. That's currently on your team. So, like for example, like whoever, I don't know. Let's say John Joe Shelby. John Joe Shelby is turning up week in, week out, but there's another guy on your bench that you're like, God damn it. I want that guy to play, even though John Joe Shelby is is kicking ass. Um, to be honest, I don't think Newcastle really have that. I mean, the closest will probably be Paul Dummett at left back, who turns up and is is a consistent performer. But like, or, like we don't really have have someone lined up to compete with him at left back because we didn't invest in the summer. But with like Newcastle fans over the summer when they were identifying transfer targets, like and thinking who should we sign. People, a lot of people were saying a left back because we need an we need an upgrade on Dummett. But Dummett did have a good season last season and very consistent. But people do think there is an upgrade that needs to be had there and someone that can play ahead of Dummett in, instead of Dummett playing. That always why is that? In almost in all sports, there's always the backup tends to be uh, like there's always a position on the team where the backup is like. Damn, I wish we had this. This guy should get a chance. But week in, week out, they, these two guys are practicing at practice, and 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 the guy that's starting 
is kicking the other guy's ass and and, and and forcing him on the bench through his play. So I don't know why that that is on every, in in all almost all sports. There's always a guy that's on the reserves or in bench that that's a favorite. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed yeah, well, to the guy that's already playing. Because, like, Mitrovic was never getting a game under Benitez, and people were like, well, how are we need to play Mitrovic? He's a big centre-forward, the big Serbian, he's mad. Yeah. They give him a chance. Like, a lot of people were crying for Mitrovic before he left. Yeah, and Mitrovic is funny enough. I, I had my eye on Mitrovic for a long time because on uh, in FIFA, on my career mode, he was a youngster that I bought before even you guys had him. That uh, they're like, watch out for this guy. I read on some online, so I bought him for cheap in FIFA. So I've always, I always had an eye. I'm like, ah, man, I wonder if you know he's gonna turn up in the Premier League. So and then Newcastle signed him. Huh? And Newcastle signed him, and then I'm like, all right, cool. He's gonna, he's gonna kill it for you guys. He's gonna kill it. So it's, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out for him over there. So Kyle, this Sunday, when the whistle is, uh, is blown. Uh, after 90 minutes, what's the result? <sighs> to be honest with you, mate, I'm not really one for for predictions or anything like that because usually when I predict things, they usually just come back to play as a haunters. So I would say, like as a Newcastle fan, if you offered if you offered us a draw now, I'd take it. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm I think that's like all crossed for the for the win. Like I'm hopeful for a win, but. Obviously, it can be the flip side because Chelsea are, are a fantastic team uh, that won the Premier League a couple of years ago. So they can they can beat any team on uh, on any given day. But I'm just I'm just hoping that the fans can get behind the team as well as only Jordies can, and the team plays brilliant like they did against us last May. And hopefully, we can kick on and get a result against us again. I mean, shit, it's almost. 10 goddamn years and we only won once so for any Chelsea supporter thinking we're gonna go up there and take the ride up north and just mop up and wax uh Newcastle they got they got another thing coming because history is definitely yeah. against us uh they always turn up Newcastle always turns up against Chelsea for whatever reason I don't know what it is something about seeing those black and white stripes I don't know. I don't know. I got no answers for you, my man. I have no answers for you. So, Kyle, anything else you wanted to add? Anything else you wanted to plug? I I, I mentioned that you guys, uh, you know, that you're on Newcastle Fan TV. Um, I, yeah. I, I I can't imagine too many Chelsea supporters uh, frequenting your channel. But, however, um, the way that I got into YouTube football content was by a Jordy. So and, and we and we both know which Jordy that is. Um so I mean shit somebody's you know it's, it's, somebody's watching. So anything else you want to ha- add to this conversation, my man Kyle? Um and um, what what would uh, so you think Chelsea are going to uh, going to walk the league this season? I you know what I, I um All right, th- th- this is a two-part question. So Part number one, um, it's just in my personality. I feel in any competition, I have supreme confidence in myself. I have supreme confidence in my team. So I believe 
that anybody associated with Chelsea Football Club is the best in the world at whatever they do. That goes for the secretaries, that goes for the managers, the the, the stewards at the park. Every single person that is associated with Chelsea Football Club is the best. Yeah. You know, so I believe we have the best team in the world and we fear no one. Now, the second part about that, the, the realistic part. I'm not scared of Liverpool. I'm not scared of Tottenham. I'm not scared of United. I think United is an absolute dumpster fire. Um, I think people overlook the fact that Liverpool and Tottenham uh, and Chelsea were in a race for the last two spots in the league. And all of a sudden, Liverpool brings in Keta, which he is a, a, a fantastic midfielder, but... He's not better than Jorginho, and he's not better than Kante, and you know who knows if he's better than Kovacic. So, and these are my personal beliefs. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Liverpool signed um, Allison. Allison is a great keeper. However, yeah. he only had one great season at Roma. Uh, before that, he wasn't a starter. So, I mean, the same thing can be said about our keeper, unproven. But for the rest of the team, um. I, I I'm I'm not afraid of Liverpool and uh, I'm not afraid of Tottenham ever. Even though yes they beat us last year at Stamford Bridge to break the twenty something year uh, streak, unbeaten streak. Uh, yeah. I'm still I'm not afraid of Tottenham ever. And United I believe United's an absolute dumpster fire. Um I, I think that they yeah, are, they, they, well. they they are going to. I, the only thing that I hope for is that Jose Mourinho doesn't get the boot before the January transfer window so we can possibly maybe take Mar- Anthony Marshall off their team. Maybe they can, if he's not coming to us, they can purge some of their young talent be, as Jose Mourinho likes to do and makes that team worse because I do believe that yeah. they are getting worse. I, I just tweet, I tweeted a statistic yesterday uh, that... They were in the, over the first two games. They were twentieth, ranked twentieth, in two categories, ranked seventeenth in another, and ranked sixth in another. Uh, but meanwhile, you turn on the TV, and the pundits are talking about that they are a lock for a top four finish. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. No, I, I, like both my best mates are, are like Man U supporters. So like, I keep saying, I keep going back and forth with them saying look I don't think man you are finishing in the top four and like saying Kylie you're mad they're definitely finishing in the top four um, I, I, and I just, I just think there's too many there's too many cracks um, I think Mourinho didn't get what he wanted in the summer that things like the, de- the defence needed addressed they didn't get a defender they needed a they needed a, like a striker to go alongside Lukaku they didn't get a striker and like there's been loads of problems off the field with Martial, Pogba, Ed Woodward, and it's just it's just I think it's third season syndrome for for Mourinho again, and I think it's only a matter of time before he loses his job similar to the way he did at Chelsea. Like last weekend there they got hammered off Brighton, and three to Brighton two. exposed a lot of weaknesses in that Man United team. And I personally, I'll be I'll be shocked if Mourinho turns around the finish in the top four. Like like. One of my mates said to me, like, man, you are fantastic at home. And uh, rightly so, though, only Man City beat them at Old Trafford last season. But I just cannot see them finishing in the top four myself this season because I think their away form is going to be horrendous. I, I, for me, it's a, it's, it's a disaster. 
uh, my, I mean, he's my cousin's husband, but I mean, might as well be my brother-in-law. Um, he's a Manchester United supporter and yeah. he's, 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 since last year, he wants Jose out cause he sees it as well. I think their defense, I think Manchester United easily, easily are a good four, four players away. Four players, uh, you know, and signing the right caliber guys. I think their defense needs a hundred percent overhaul. I, I, I think if it wasn't for David De Gea, they would these problems would have been exposed years ago. Um, yeah, I, I think David De Gea has saved their ass so many times. Uh, you know, literally and figuratively. Uh, it's not even funny because their defense is so weak. Uh, midfield, yeah, last season. Midfield. They, they're big signing Fred. This guy's whiffing on the ball and, and, and flying through the air like an acrobat. What the hell is that? Yeah. And meanwhile, he's their big signing. Uh, and, and, and shit, he might be their only signing. I can't think of another United signing that they made. I think the same Lee Grant, a 38 year old goalkeeper. Like Mourinho has a thing for sign, signing old goalkeepers that are like past the prime. But I, <laughs> that's about it. Is it the matter? It's all that man you signed. I, I just I don't I don't I don't see it with them, and then Manchester City. Um, I think Manchester City is 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 the difficult game for anybody yeah, on the planet. However, Chelsea's record against Manchester City is no matter who's manager who's the manager, um, is always good. It's always good. We always play Manchester City hard. Um, even when they're they're on fire and they're they're dominant, we 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 always play them hard, and I think right now you know again on my end, the way that they're being covered, it's like you know, the season's done. I don't think so. I don't think that Chelsea are going to realistically be the champions at the end of the league, but I don't think that we shouldn't. We're not even. I mean, Sky Sports doesn't even have us in the conversation of top six. I mean, uh, in the top four. What the fuck is that? What is that? Either, to, to be fair, I, I do have Chelsea in the top four, but I don't have his win in the league. I just think Man City are just far too dominant. Like people keep saying, they keep saying, oh, Man City won't replicate what they did last season. But for me, I think I think one thing Guardiola has proven he's really good at is having is keeping the great team he has very consistent. And like he did that at Bayern Munich, he did that at Barcelona, where they were playing beautiful football for a very long time, not just over one season. Like in the Premier League, you've had some great teams, but not many of them have been able to replicate the season after. Like Chelsea did under Mourinho when he's won two titles in a row. Arsenal did to an extent. Man United did when they won the three or four titles on the bounce. But you can't really say like a lot of teams have stayed, have stayed the course and been able to play good over more than one season. But I think Man City will. I just think, I just think the players they've got, even though De Bruyne has injured, the the, the absolutely hammered. They were they were absolutely outstanding. Like I think it's Man City will win the league, and then there's the rest. Like I think Man City are just that good. I th- I think realistically that's the most likely outcome, um, because they are. I mean, it's no doubt about it that they have, and they've been having one of the most talented teams in the league. Uh, period for for years now um but again for us not to even be in the conversation for top four i think that's wrong i think i think chelsea do have a lot of great players that can challenge me 
he's won the league a couple of seasons back and he's deserved to win that under Conte with with the new system he brought in and that he's just blew teams away at times. So he's definitely deserved to win the league, absolutely. Yeah, no. And I... you should be in that conversation to, to be in the title picture. I mean, per, myself, I think it's between between Liverpool and, and Manchester City, but other than that, it can't be a free for all surprises. Like Leicester, Leicester won the league a couple of seasons ago, for God's sake. So anything can happen in the anything league. Anything can happen. Anything. Anything can happen. Uh, I. But I don't know. I, I mean, and then and then, I have I have a major problem with now. It seems like Manchester City and Pep Guardiola, and rightly so, they deserve it. But it seems like now the best player in the league is David Silva. Meanwhile, Eden fucking Hazard is winning eight Player of the Year awards out of the last ten years in two different leagues. How? Do, I mean, what about him? He he rightfully yeah. deserves the Golden Ball award in the in the World Cup. He gets the second place, but we're talking about David Silva. What, what is this? I, I you know yeah. I I just there's a lot of there's a lot of things that um I feel. It's 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 like come on, uh, who, who are we watching the same game on ESPN FC? Do yourself a favor, Kyle. You and I are friends. You and I are friends. Don't yeah. you ever waste your time watching anything that comes off of ESPN FC on YouTube. It's just Thanks. gonna infuriate you. It's just garbage. Talk. I mean, one of their one of their pundits. Was saying that Jorginho was the seventh or eighth or sixth best player on New, uh, on on Napoli. The fuck are you talking about? The guys, that want, the, the guy was the one that ran the maestro of sorry system, and you see it now for Chelsea when he's pointing out and directing the play for us. Yeah, you know, and they're talking like uh, they don't even mention him, you know. So what well, do wanted Jorginho, didn't he? Of and course, my, and Chelsea just stole him at the last second. Of course, and if Jorginho would have made his way to 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 Manchester City, we would be talking about the the you know the brilliance of Jorginho, the master, the master class of Jorginho. Meanwhile, he signs for us, and 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 and, and they don't. He doesn't even get a mention. He doesn't even get a mention. But he gets criticism. The it, it can't play into your hands if you aren't being talked about because there's no there's no media pressure there. Like if you you can just quietly go about your business and just. And just go and just surge up the league without any pressure, really. If you aren't getting talked about, if it's Man City and Man United in Liverpool getting talked about all the time, you can just under the radar do well because that happened with Leicester. Like pe- when they won the league, like early on in the season, people were like, "Oh, well, it's Leicester; they'll fall off the rails eventually." And then with ten games to go, media and that start to look at them and think they could actually do something here. Like these might actually, like that might happen with Chelsea. You never know, like. Could be ten games to go, and Chelsea are still still in the fight. And people and media might just go, "Oh well, look at Chelsea; they're doing well. Look at who's doing well for them this season." Like you can do it under the radar, and it can't play into it can't play into Chelsea's hands that they're not fancied by anyone. Because if you like a if you like a media outlet or anything like that, and you're just talking about Man City and not talking about Chelsea. Like as a fan, like for yourself, all the way out in, in America, it might be frustrating that you're thinking, why, why isn't Chelsea a part of the conversation? Why aren't the star players being talked about? But can play into your hands as well, because not people. If no one's expecting you to win the league, you can just go under the radar and keep picking up points and keep putting the pressure on, and then before you know it, you're a top, you're a top of the league before people are talking about you. No, I absolutely, 
I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, but it's just like personally that I always feel like, and, and I have no idea if this is the truth or not. That's the funny thing. But it always feels like the teams that I support never get any love from the media. I'm in Miami, Florida. So when LeBron James was on the Miami Heat, it was, oh my God, we got all the media attention, but it was all the hate. It was awesome. Yeah. But I never, I, I feel like I'm never on the end of the media loves, you know, any of my teams. I, I just, it's always something. I'm, I, and I always can, I guess I kind of, I, I have a chip on my shoulder because of it. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. It could, it, it, it absolutely plays into, you want to fly under the radar. You want to be dominant, but you also want to fly under the radar. Um, because at the end of the day, as long as you're lifting the trophy, it doesn't matter if you're dominant or you flew under the radar. You're lifting that fucking cup, and yeah. that's it's all. Too, that's that's all that true. matters. No matter how you got there. Nothing was talking about it, uh, talking about them at the start of the season. So, so we've got to look at it. So yeah, so like ultimately, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried. I mean, Mohamed Salah, he played against Antonio Rudiger last year, and he and Rudiger put him in his pocket. In his pocket, Andre Christensen. He's twenty. Say that they did that, Salah. <laughs> he, he, not, not last season, anyway. What happened? Uh, not many people can say 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 that they kept kept uh, Salah in the pocket last season because Salah was was, he was on fire. He was on fire, but when he plays against us, Rudiger put him in his pocket, nowhere to be found. Uh, uh, you know the 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 striker that everybody's talking about uh, when when they came to uh, play against us. Manchester United, Lukaku. Oh my God, Lukaku! How is Chelsea gonna deal with the man that is Lukaku? Andres Christensen at 21 years old, put him in his pocket. Pocket. Lukaku doesn't do it in the big games when he scored one goal in against the top six team in, in like 22 games. Like Lukaku's great against the the little teams. Like um, he can do it against like a, like a Bournemouth or Watford yeah. or something. But when it comes to when it comes to a top six team, Lukaku never shows up. And that's why, for me, he's not one of the biggest strikers in the league. So, no, I, I mean, he, so it's just one of these things that, like, I get frustrated with us not getting the respect. But at the, ultimately, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I know what I know. I see what I see. Um, yeah. I think our issues right now when it comes to playing in sorry system uh, there is a phenomenal YouTube channel that I can't recommend enough. I tweeted about it just the other day. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Newman, uh, N-O-U-M-A-N, and he does a tactical analysis on YouTube. Um, All right. And he was breaking down uh, the Arsenal versus Chelsea game. And he, in the beginning of the season, when we played against Perth Glory, he subscribed and showed in his video in his presentation that how Chelsea how sorry wants us especially in the defense to maintain a 15 a 15 meter uh separation uh between lines yeah between the defensive and the midfield the defensive line in the midfield a 15 meter separation so when the ball's moving forward everybody's compact and together, the lines are moving together. But the second that the ball moves back towards the opposition goal, our line needs to, in unison, push forward. Uh, last week against Arsenal, we didn't do that. Our midfield didn't do that. So instead of having four defenders in the box 
and then our midfield outside of, of our own box and maintaining and congest congesting the middle of the field of uh, the middle of the pitch um or I should say in front of our box and preventing the cutbacks and the and and and, and the late runs into the box they were come dropping back into our defensive line and creating a seven man wall uh, yeah. essentially and that is totally not within sorry system that's not how he wants us to play so little no. things like that once he's once our team picks it up um defensively i think we're going to be rock solid again we were up what was it against Mourinho? Mourinho or is it conte that we only allowed like uh 16 goals it was something like that we had like we oh, only it was had... under Mourinho that that's when you that's when you've had a really that's when chelsea's best team was about or when he's had he's had john terry and drogba and uh, Lampard players like that. That's when that's when Chelsea's team was pff, the best it's ever been for me. Like it was yeah. class. Yeah. No. So I mean, we the defense. We have the players to be able to play the system. We have the. It's not like defense playing defensive and defensive uh, unity. It's foreign to this team. Yeah. Um, it's just speaking. We're right now. We're we're speaking instead of speaking Italian. I mean, instead of speaking. You know, Spanish, we're speaking Italian. And for anybody that speaks both languages, I speak Spanish. Um, I'm okay in Portuguese. And I can he- understand every four or five words in Italian. So, but once you, you kind of, you kind of like the way I describe it, it's, it's a picture. It's a blurry picture more or less. But you can understand like, oh, okay. I, when I hear Italian, I don't know all the details, but I know that this is a picture of the beach. You know what I'm saying? I just don't know yeah. that there's a, a, a fruit stand and this, that, or there. I don't know that. I just know that I'm at the beach. So I yeah. think I, I like to equate it to that, that right now we're speaking Spanish and we're trying to learn Italian. So once we get yeah. there, once we fill in the details and, it, and it's a clear picture, then we're going to be perfectly fine. We're going to be rolling. Yeah, and it plays in. I think it's a bit all right once he once he's got once he's got the hang of what sorry wants to do with our team, and then once once he gets gets um gets things into the players and things like that in terms of like knowledge and what he wants to do with Chelsea, is a is a bit okay. Yeah, just no, takes time. Yeah, no, and I think the way that our you know schedule worked out before Christmas, uh, it's perfect. Uh, August, September, October, November, December. These, 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 this, our schedule couldn't be better for us. We played Arsenal the second game of the season. Um, it gives us enough time to to get an idea of what we want to play, and also Arsenal is also with a new manager, so they're still learning what they need to do. So that works yeah. into our hand. We play Liverpool in September, which gives us a ton of time and a ton of games for us to learn Sorry System before our first real test. We played assholes in Tottenham uh, shortly after that or before that, like a week or two weeks before one of the other games. So one game's a tune-up and the other game is the, you know, real game. And then we play United. I mean, this is how I'm breaking it down in my mind. United, I think we play in October or in early November. And then we play Manchester City in early December. So our real tests are coming uh, spaced out. And so we have enough time to learn to adapt into the system, and yeah. I, I think it's it's going to play well in, into our hands. And at, ultimately, at the end of the season, I would love 
uh, a Premier League trophy. I'll take them all, as many as I can get. As many as I can get, I'll take them. Um, and that goes the same with all trophies. But if at the end of the season, I can have a solid foundation on sorry system. If I can have a top four finish, um, a trophy of some sort, whether that's the FA Cup um, or the Europa League, and just development into sorry system where I'm seeing Hazard, oh, Hazard signing a long-term contract, uh, Conte signing another long-term contract. If I can see foundation set and lead for sorry to dominate next season, I'll be happy. Um, yeah. I'll ultimately be happy. And, you know, and I think we're, 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 we're headed in that direction. I mean, the schedule couldn't be more friendly towards us. Uh, at least in the first half yeah. of the season, it couldn't. So, well, it, to be fair, like a season's usually defined by um, by what you do in that December period, and if you start for Man City, like it's um, it's going to be hard for you. Like, but if if like you are fully behind the team and things like that, that's only thing you can ask for at this point of the season. Being fully behind the manager and fully behind what he's going to do with the team, because your owner uh, Abramovich, you only usually gives a manager two seasons. And if they haven't done what he wants them to, which is usually win the league or progress in the Champions League, then he gets rid of them. He's very cutthroat like that. But um, as long as they, there's a progression in place, because I, I don't think Chelsea will be major challengers this season for the title in terms of threatening Man City. But next season might be the one way is do well in the Champions League, because I think he's will get top four and do well in the in the league and try and challenge Man City. Because at the minute, Man City are like the way they're playing that they're that far ahead of everyone else at the moment yeah no i think so too and and uh i think so too i think so too i, I that's exactly what i just want i, I want to see for this team preparation for domination next season yeah that's that's what you, it's just it's preparing to take on man city because i don't think i don't think that i think abramovich has actually changed the ways appointed like made an appointment because usually he appoints a new manager to win a league in one season, but I think he's got to be a bit realistic because it's going to take more than one season to prepare a team to, to to battle Man City because yeah. Man City scored 100 points last season and I think personally you're going to need 80, 85 plus points to catch, like, to beat them. And that's if they're having a, like, a, like that's if they make a couple of mistakes. Like they, could, they could easily have more than 100 points again. Yeah. This city team is that good, yeah. but they, they preparing a team knowing that they have to win thirty games out of thirty eight because that's like ninety points. Yeah, like for for a team, and I think to to beat Man City, I think that's what they, someone's going to have to do. I don't see United doing it. Hell no. Don't see Hell Tottenham no. doing it. Signing enough players. No. They don't. They don't. Oh. They don't. Tottenham gets one injury, which is going to happen. Uh, Harry Kane. Will be injured yeah. at some point of the season. What then? What either Kane, either Kane or Eriksen. If Eriksen gets injured, God help them, because well, he's like the main, he's the main playmaker, isn't he? Or Deli Ali if he gets if he gets an injury or something like that. Oh, hold on. Major God help them. Hold on a second. Hey, quiet. What the hell is going on? Here? No. Oh, my neighbor. The old neighbor is... Oh, the old neighbor. So, Kyle, you have anything else for me, my man? Um, if, if, uh, if 
that's everything, mate. I'm 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 happy with that. Yeah, no, I'm pretty good too. Kyle, where can uh, where can where can the fans find you on uh, Twitter? Are you active on Twitter? Yeah, um, Newcastle Fans TV have a have a Twitter account. It's just at Newcastle Fans TV. Uh, we're also on Snapchat as well, and on Instagram under Newcastle Fans TV. Obviously, we've got a Facebook page which myself, Mark, and and Paul, and also Lee run, nice. which is Newcastle Fans TV. And then obviously we YouTube channel as well, which has just made over fifteen thousand subscribers. So we're all very proud of that and on what's in upwards for. Excellent, excellent. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's it's very inspiring as somebody that just started a podcast and starting down this uh, down this road to um to to hear about your progress and to you know see the work that you guys are putting in. It's inspiring, my friend. Yeah. So well, thank you. thank you. All right. Well, Kyle, um, I look forward to uh you know to speaking to you again. I would love to get you back on uh, oh, after the match. Yeah, if you want back on for the reverse fixture, I'm, I'm more than happy to come on absolutely absolutely we'll get you on again so all right everybody this has been uh kyle from new fan uh, new <laughs> new fan castle tv new castle <laughs> fan tv <laughs> all right all right that was kyle jesus christ these damn dogs every single episode of the podcast oh shit manchester city just drew 1-1 1-1 damn it Come on, Wolves. Um, so that was Kyle from New Fan Castle TV. Again, big shout out to him. Uh, the interruptions have started. About to have the cousin walk through the door. Um, thank you guys so much for supporting me. Uh, reach out on Twitter, All American Chelsea, or no, All American CFC on Twitter. Uh, feel so inclined, reach out to Kyle. Uh, he's a good dude. The guys at Newcastle Fan TV are good dudes. Uh, reach out to them. Um, so that's it. That's all I got. Hopefully we put up a victory, our second victory in out of 10 years over there at St. James Park. So that's it. This has been the episode of the All American Chelsea Podcast. Guys, have a great day. Uh, I love you. Enjoy your day. I'm confident in our, in our game tomorrow. I really think we're going to get it done. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Have a great day, everybody. Later.
Kids outside is trying to come alive 99 to cash your wallet had to relocate Tell the dolls I bring it back It was a silly fade Before no car knows baby girl She played the tourist guide Got the keys into my city Now she notarized Got new money, got new problems Got new enemies When you make it to the top It's the amenities Back in our Toyota like I'm in the league And it ain't no mosh pit If ain't no injuries I got them stage diving out the nosebleeds and she hit that booger sugar till her nose bleed. That's that shit forever, she on both knees. She was talking about forever, got a whole week. But she know my baby mama is a trophy. She be throwing up them beats, feel like we both bleed. She keep my dick jumping out, feel like I'm Moby. I'm way too gold, for this beat feel like I'm Kobe. Yeah, this right here is astronomical. I see you picked up on my ways, I feel responsible. They're trying to say that all my problems isn't probable. They keep itching at my spirit, I'm diabolical, you feel me? 